How are we doing, everybody? It's Jeff Hoke here, as always, with Kevin Perdios, Chris Henrique, and Jamie Gatlin. As always, with your weekly podcast of Shorthanded Takes a Boston Bruins podcast, presented by Beyond the Monster, uh, coming off of last week, where we all, uh, well, no, uh, Jamie and Chris took three and one, Kevin took two and two, uh, four game stretch, but the boys were wrong, and the boys on the Bruins went four and zero. They went 4-0, boys, after what we thought would be a little bit of a bumpy stretch. Boys went 4-0. They uh, defeated the, uh, let's see, they beat the Senators 2-1, beat the Canadians 4-2, beat the Lightning 2-1, and beat the uh, Hurricanes 4-3, and that was on Sunday. Uh, So let's work our way up to that last game here. Uh, I I got a couple here. Let's start with... Just that little stretch uh, where the Canadians and the Senators came to town. A little bit of a Canadian trip here, Jamie. Um, what do you see out of that uh, to start off the uh, little bit of a home stretch here? I think it was a good, you know, bounce back. I felt like one of those games could have been a let-up game. Uh, but, you know, they dominated. They got scoring from everywhere. And I think during the stretch, their depth really showed up. Um, like they've done all year. They found ways to win regardless of who's in the lineup and who, who they're facing. Uh, Chris, let's take you to the Canadians. That game, uh, it was a little bit of an old school there. Uh, I don't want to say full old school, but it was a little bit chippy, a little bit chippy there for a little while for the Bruins. They pulled out a two to one win, uh, kind of, uh, the young kids on the Montreal Canadians bringing back the, uh, rivalry a little bit with, uh, with, uh, 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 Ren Pitlick, uh, hitting, uh, Bergeron where it hurts the most. And then. Marshan being the living shit out of him afterwards, but it's besides the point. Yeah, it was, uh, that was good to see. Not, you know, that part, but um, more of just the intense hockey nature. I think the Bruins are going to benefit from that before the playoffs begin, being able to get into some of these physical games and it starts to feel like a playoff atmosphere. You kind of get that feel the, over the next 10, eight to 10 games before the regular season comes, you know, to an end. So, um, but as for that game, no, I, I look, I, whenever you can get the Bruins and the Canadians playing a physical style of hockey, I actually like those games more than the Bruins blowing out the Canadians. Yeah. It's yeah. great. To see the every once in a while, like a six, nothing blowout. But when you're, when you have, you know, this, these two franchises who don't like each other, um, and there's a history of that dating all the way back to original six time. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a good, like just chippy. It just it felt like old school Bruins hockey that I think a lot of fans really enjoy when the players are, are physical and um mixing it up. So um and good for Marshan too, you know what I mean? Like just stepping in and you know, raining fists. And it's uh it still surprises me that it took us this long to get to a uh for the Canadians to come to Boston. It took almost a full season the Canadians and the Bruins to face off, which I kind of think is bad. I mean, NHL scheduling is bad as it is, but I think that was a really massive swing and miss on that aspect of things. Kevin, uh, we go to the next game where the, uh, where the bad blood continued. Uh, that would be against Tampa Bay, 10 seconds in, uh, fist to cuffs already. Uh, and, you know, fist to fly in Pat Maroon in the middle of it all. Cause you know, why not? I'm pretty sure he was just told to, go in there, throw fists, hope for the best. And you're probably going to get a lot of penalties. And it appears to be what happened, but they ended up pulling out uh, that win at the end of the day. Uh, what'd you take out of that game? 
Yeah, that was for a game you knew would be a good game. You didn't expect it to have that much of a playoff esque type feel and environment. And obviously, that you know, I wasn't at the game, but from all accounts, it it in the Garden it was very, very much a um, playoff esque atmosphere, and and that's good to see. You know, they <clears throat> no matter what style of game the Lightning wanted to play, the Bruins answered, and they stuck to the way they wanted to play. And, um, you know, I thought they played really well. So it was, it was good to see them kind of be able to elevate their game to match their opponent and see whatever they wanted to do. Yep. We can do that just as well. And if not better. Um, so I, I, I thought the last two games were really showed a lot of different things in different ways, which is good. So, and that brings us to that last game on Sunday, uh, into Raleigh, North Carolina, where the Bruins haven't won since game four of the 2019 uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, so they were looking to fight some inner demons, and they did just that. They won four to three. The biggest thing out of that whole thing was it was without Marchand, uh, Lindholm, uh, and Bergeron. Uh, the three big three names, and of course, Taylor Hall, uh, Felino, and Forbert. Uh, but the the rest went to Marchand, Bar- Bergeron, and um, Lindholm, and they were able to go up three one. Uh, gave up that lead, and they ended up winning four three in a shootout. I'm going to go around the table here uh, to get all your thoughts, Jamie. I'm going to start with you. Uh, it seems to be the biggest uh, to me is their biggest win of the season because it really showed what their depth looked like. I agree. You got guys like Loco step up before he got hurt. Um... You know, and they just found a way to win. I mean, shout out to DeBrus for in the shootout, looking like he was shot out of the cannon and just whipping that, you know, the shot pass um, to seal the win. But it was good to see different guys step up. Um, I feel like we talked about last week down the stretch, probably those guys from Providence, like Steve and Loco, um, depending on his injuries, because they can get more looks. They try to rest the veteran guys. And being a team like Carolina, especially in an arena where that haven't had a lot of success, um, is exactly what you want to see you know, heading into the playoffs and this kind of last stretch of games. So the Steen train uh, was called back up for this uh, matchup and uh, made an immediate impact. Uh, He almost had a goal. He looked like he was shot out of a cannon right from the start of that game, Chris. Um, And yeah, like, like Jamie said, those younger guys allow go before he got injured, but, and he seems to be like, he's going to be all right at the end of the day. Uh, But it seems like these young guys were really able to step up in a game where, you know, you saw the lines. You 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 saw your Burt line be your Bert, your boy Burt Bertuzzi on that first line, and Chris was very excited for it. So I'm gonna toss it to him. That first line, given it was makeshift, pretty good job. First and foremost, I am all about Bertuzzi. I I at first when they when they acquired him, I was trying to think like where he's gonna fit over the course of the remainder of the season, especially when Hall comes back and in the playoffs, I like, I feel that he, this is a guy that they need to extend in the off season and bring him back here, whether it's a three or a four year deal, you can put him anywhere. You can put him on it, whether it's the first, second or third line, he meshes in really well. I think he brings an edge to the game. Um, it just, I, I don't know. I just had a boner for Burt that whole game. <laughs> and when he scored, <laughs> like, when he scored too, it was just cherry on top. I just think that what he's been bringing to this, to this team has been, has just been great. 
And again, it just kind of shows you the versatility of who he is. You can match him on any one of those lines and, you know, he'll, he'll be a, a potential difference maker. So um, I'm excited to what, when, the, when they start to get back to full health and we get into the playoffs as to what, um, every time I talk, the dog has to say this. Um, the dog loves Bert, loves the Bert talk. He's a big Bert fan. Um I lost my train of thought because I was thinking about bonus for Bert. Um, <laughs> Either way, that I mean, really, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really still back in. I'm like, I'm excited to where he could potentially fall in on any one of those potential lines with this team um, as we start to progress into the playoffs. And we're, we're, we're at, as as a group, we have decided we're going to count that Bert goal because that did count, and because there was no whistle blown on that play. Just saying. Yeah, so and that's the other thing too. There wasn't a whistle that was blown on that. You know, I, I, mean? I watched it back like three times. There was no whistle blown, and that that was a whole bunch of horse shit. I mean that that the refs on that game overall were meh. I can't really get on that, but I'm not, be- I'm not big into like let's blame the referees. I am. I'm one of those that I generally will not go and make that an argument when trying to d- defend a loss or a win, whatever it might be. But as a collective whole, that was not the strongest officiated game that the NHL has had this year in general. Uh, before I get deeper into that whole aspect of things, I want to ask Kevin. Uh, depth win, as I said, was big. Getting a win in Carolina for the first time since 2019, Game 4 Eastern Conference Final, is, I believe, even bigger for this team, given the fact that they very well could face this team come second round or the Eastern conference final once again. Yeah. I I think that kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier of just the last two games with it being Carolina and Tampa, both two teams that have had the Bruins number come playoff time or however you really wanted to describe it. So it's good to see it and show to this group that no, like that, that, that may have been the past, you know, we, we can beat Carolina with, without, five of our best players um, and, and we can go toe to toe with Tampa and battle them. However, the way Tampa decides they want to play, we'll, we'll answer. So I think it was really good to see a depth win. Um, Yeah. It's nice to see it get down in Carolina, but I'm more impressed with, you know, when you're losing Hall, when you're losing Sidney Lindholm, Bergeron, Martian, you know, that that's more impressive to me. And it shows that, Great. Once you get Hall back, once you get Feligno back, once you get, um, once you allow Marshan and Lindholm and and Bergeron to all play, you're you're that much stronger. And it it starts really the Patuzzi argument starts coming up of once Hall comes back, where do you slide them? And it's nice to see that it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think he, wherever you guys like you guys said, you want to put. Bertuzzi on the third line, great. Go ahead. You want to put him on the fourth line? Sure. Why not? You know, and I think same could be said with Hall. Obviously, he'll slide back probably into the second line, but the the level of depth that we have with consistency, they're able to put points on the board. They're able to play a physical game. It it it's really refreshing to see. With this is something I think we haven't seen in a very long time. Um whether it be all right, we got top six guys. Now it really seems we got four complete lines that are that can battle anyone. So that that's 
refreshing to see. It's nice to be able to beat Carolina, especially on their home ice. But I, I think seeing how deep we are and how successful we can be, even with our top players not playing, is even more of a breath of fresh air. And I don't want to say they're circumventing the cap, but I'm pretty sure they're circumventing the cap at this point. Because uh, it does sound like Hall so will what? I'm so not what? saying that. I, yeah. I'm not. I'm, no, no an issue to me. No issue <laughs> That's to me. That's not a NHL problem. That's not a Boston problem. Exactly. That's, That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not saying they're doing that, but I'm just saying they're doing that. Uh, but, you know, it sounds like they are, in fact, in a way, circumventing the cap. Hall will come back. But Forbert, I believe, is going to go on that until the playoffs at this point. So it sounds like he's out for at least the rest of the regular season. Uh, Fliggy, uh, Uncle Nick is on his way back here soon as well. Uh, the good news is both are practicing. Uh, I believe uh, Taylor Hall takes off the red contact jersey this week. I'm not 100% sure on that, though. Um, but either way, I need to I need to get everyone's opinion on this. Uh, do we do we like uh, – are we fans of Rob Brindamore here? Are we – Are we? Uh, uh, let me start with J- uh, Jamie. Just say yay or nay. That's going to be a, a very emphatic. I have more energy, but it's a big nay. Kevin, I'm on the fence. I'll I'll I'll, on the, I'll, I'll let Chris answer, but I'm on the fence right now. Chris, um, join the movement. <laughs> I have an issue. People like <laughs> call out officiating. Like I don't know. Like I he he didn't just call out. A, he he blatantly called out officiating. Oh, and I, did he I, get I, fined I, for it? <laughs> so uh, let me rephrase it like this. So I, I I think that sometimes if if you have that platform and you're either a player or a coach and you have that ability to kind of just voice that frustration, great. I just don't like to use the crutch of officiating as to why your team wins or loses. I think that's I think that's a loser mentality that you set within your club, uh, your clubhouse or your um, your locker room, whatever it might be. Um, so I'm gonna go with because I know Jamie said no and Kevin's defense. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm fine with what he did. I just don't think that that's how you want to build your culture in your locker room. It's just amazing to me because literally it happened like during the intermission where he started doing it. He did during a TV hit on the ball, uh, Bali sports network in Carolina, whatever the hell it is down there. Uh, and then he took it over into the post game and just never got fined for it. But you know, that's besides the point. He just, he just seems like a dude that you just get loses his cool. So easily just, he pops his top so easily. Kevin, have you, are you still on the fence down there or what? Yeah. I, I mean, it, I understand to an extent where he's coming from and what he's trying to do and the style of coaching that he brings. It's just kind of like Chris said, it's, I don't know if that's necessarily the culture you want to be bringing or you want to, you know, build off of so it's <clears throat> we said it was the fun was the referee refereeing great no you know in, in um but so be it that you know both teams are playing the game you know so both call there's probably calls both ways that weren't great you know at the end of the day it's not like you lost five to one and it's all the refs fault you you lost in a shootout so really 
you got to look at how you execute it. So something along the way went wrong, right? When you lose in overtime, you lose by a goal, you lose by, it's not the ref's fault. You're in that game no matter what, you know, and, and my gut honestly wants to say like, yeah, with a young, with a young um, up and coming team that doesn't really have the star power of like the Bergeron's Martians halls of the world. Yeah. You, you can, I, I get that, and I like it. It shows that you have your your players' backs, and you're going to allow them to play the way they want to do it. And with the, like Carolina, we keep saying they're they're not like a young up and coming team. They've been there. They've they've had success. They've they've made deep playoff runs. They, you know, so this is kind of. I don't necessarily mind what he's doing. I think he carried on too much i think he has a good approach but it you you gotta you gotta flip the page you know you get you gotta turn over a new leaf of like okay great the refereeing sucked but we're still good enough we're still good enough to win games when the refereeing is bad you know and and i think that's where he's losing a lot of fans um i'm not going to speak for the locker room obviously we don't know but i think that's where veterans in that locker room could end up being like this guy just doesn't get it right now and you know what the it it you're watching it and you're kind of like dude just shut shut the f up like the play is over <laughs> you know what i mean just, just stop talking but it's a one same, it's a one goal game dude that's right like it you know and i keep referring it to it i i had the same not that we're, we're gonna cross sports here in a big way but you know it's baseball season i, I coach high school sport uh high school baseball and for anyone that out there that coaches high school baseball, has watched high school baseball, when you get to the sub-varsity level, if you think varsity umpiring is bad, just go watch a local JV freshman baseball game. Holy shit, man. Right? And I, like, holy shit. I, I, I told my guys today, guys, the umpiring sucks. I don't give a shit. Like I, it goes both ways. Stop bitching at me if you you strike out because well the first strike was six feet outside. Yeah, you're probably right, but what about the other two? You know what about the other two strikes they called on you? It's the same thing when you, when you're losing by one goal in hockey, you can probably go back and watch the film of someone fucking up along the way, a goalie letting in a goal that he probably should have had. Like it, this isn't on the refs. This is on you not executing. I mean, it could be worse. It could be it could be the uh, ump that's getting berated today for you know causing oh. JT Real Muto for like the worst fucking possible that is so I've bad. ever seen in my life. Jeff, oh my god! Jeff, so don't don't get me started. Don't be going we, on a tangent. <laughs> we had a we had for another podcast. <laughs> there's one. There was one worse ejection I've seen, and it came in the high school game last year. We had a kid, he has a gold, like a chain, a gold chain on it that has a cross, and he came in to pitch, and while he was warming up, he's a senior, this is the last regular season game, while he was warming up, the inning hadn't even started, the ump walked up to him, goes, is that a, uh, is that a chain on your neck? The kid goes, oh yeah, sorry, Like I'll, I'll take it off. He goes, the ump looks him dead in the eye and goes, you're gonna be sorry and threw him out. Huh. It was like yeah. our our head coach lost it. 
absolutely lost. It was that might be the worst one I've seen, but what Ramuto got thrown out for was mm. holy shit bad. Mm. No, yeah, it's true. words. Yeah, yeah, and we'll save that for you know the podcast that actually has to do with that sport. Uh, we won't we won't get into that today, but I will say Brindamore is on that list now with Craig Berube, uh, with the biggest whiners in the uh, NHL right now. That is that is for sure. Um, also, uh, Jim Montgomery, uh, his team uh, comparing to David Quinn, who they w- could have hired uh, sixty six more points uh, than David Quinn right now in uh, the standings. So, you know, it kind of worked out pretty well uh, for them. Jeremy Swayman also got his 50th career save, uh, 50th career win on Saturday, uh, the other day. So that's a big milestone for uh, the Alaskan born uh, NHL player, uh, fresh out of uh, the university of Maine. I'm going to throw that out there. Uh, Also, uh, congratulations to Boston university for making it to the uh, frozen four here. And, you know, Kevin, I'll give your team a shout out because they fought hard. They fought hard down there. Ah, oh, we sucked. Oh, we we sucked. Well, you know, let, you... Let's call a spade a spade. Okay, well, that wasn't great. They play fucking Quinnipiac. What do you want, man? Yeah, I was gonna show some support too. Uh, yeah, like God, dude, <laughs> you just gotta shut us hey, down. We, like we call it as it is, man. You know, well, I mean, up and coming team, but we 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 weren't, we didn't have it, you know, and that that's what happens when you face top five team in the country. Yeah. Top two team in the country, for that matter. Um, anyway, uh, as we uh, move on, the New Jersey Devils have clinched a spot in the playoffs uh, for the first time, I believe, since like 2009. So a uh, big weekend for them. And also, as I am talking right now, the Toronto Maple Leafs have clinched a playoff spot because just to get ousted in the first round because that's the way it goes for them. Um, that being said, though, the Bruins – well on their way uh, to the President's Cup, uh, President's Trophy. Uh, they are current. Uh, they're currently at fifty-seven wins, which is a now a uh, tie for the franchise record. They will go for the uh, record uh, today when this posts up, and that'd be against Nashville. Um, they need to go seven and two the rest of the way to uh, break the Canadians' record. Uh, the 77 Canadians record, which makes it even better because they're in Montreal to end the season. So very good chance they could break that record in front of the uh, Bellarina crowd. Uh, that being said, uh, they could also break the points record, which is also held by those Canadians. Uh, so what's the, uh, we, uh, we starting to get more clear picture here, uh, Chris, that uh, this record is going to be broken or what? Yeah, and and again, you know, like I think we've been con- uh, consistent with what we've talked about all year, where, or really more towards the last couple of episodes, rather of, um, you know, the record is fun, but at the end of the day, we want them to win a Stanley Cup. So it, it'd be nice to kind of see it now that we're on the the brink of it happening. It was cool the other day too. Speaking of records, Pasta scored his fiftieth goal of the season. He was um, last player to do so was Cam Neely. Um, you know, in a way, you just you, you start to check off some of these boxes and you can kind of just, all right, you take that, you kind of push it off to the side so you can continue to focus on the end goal of postseason, Stanley Cup run. Um, all this stuff is going to just make, not that DVDs are a thing anymore, but if DVDs were still a thing, this is all little stuff that makes that Stanley Cup DVD 
with just even more content built inside of it. So I think they get it done, beat Nashville, and uh, and then just start resting some guys. Just start getting healthy. Don't like straight up like don't play guys for the entire run, but rest them so that way they stay fresh and you're ready for the playoffs. So the schedule coming up, obviously, and we'll go over it later too before the show ends. Pred- uh, the next four games, they have the Predators. Uh, and the Columbus Blue Jackets at home. And then they have a back-to-back with at Pittsburgh and then at St. Louis. And then they play the Maple Leafs, Devils, Flyers, Capitals, and end the season on April 13th against Canadians. So, Jamie, I'm going to ask you the same question. And this is given the fact that they can now rest players and they've looked really good resting players. Can they still – do they have a golden opportunity right now to go after this? even while wrestling players. I think they can. I mean, I think the win against the Hurricanes, for me, solidified that. I think the guys that have a province are hungry to prove themselves. Um, they know they kind of got – they're going to have a unique um, opportunity to get more playing time than probably, you know, when the season began with predictions. Um, <laughs> so I think that's going to, you know, help them a lot. And we've seen Steen – you know, we've seen these guys come up this year. And wherever they've come up, they've delivered – I'm so excited for them, like Chris said, to rest guys and keep them fresh and also get a look at some of these prospects that, you know, have done well this year and have had good seasons in Providence. I'll tell you what, our predictions from the beginning of the season, I just threw out the window at this point because it's not even close to what this is right now. Uh, So plus 118 goal differential. Next best one is plus 54, I think. So, I mean, it's just absolutely insane right now. Uh, Kevin, I'll ask you as well. And what's the chances that, uh, this ends up in, Mo- uh, in Montreal on April 13th with a chance to break it. Um, I think pretty good. You know, it, it, you kind of you kind of started looking at the remaining, what, nine games. Yep. Toronto, like you just said, just clinched a spot. So they're probably going to rest their guys once you face them April 6th. They're pretty much locked so, in to play the Tampa Bay Lightning at this point. So Yeah, yeah. I think it was, was yesterday's game when – I think they said if it ended now, they could end up playing. Um, oh, was it Pittsburgh? I forget yes. who. Yeah. So you know, yep. I think, I think you have a good stretch here where you can do it, and you can do it with depth guys, and that's what they should try to do. It's I I again I want them to their main focus should be resting guys, not the record if they're able to kill two birds with one stone great but right now you need to be rested and you know like bergeron martian pasta lindholm swayman allmark you know don't stress any of those guys out but in the process of it if you end up breaking the record great but your your main focus needs to be um resting up for the stanley cup run they also broke the record uh their own record for most wins on the road with uh 27 so they're just they're just breaking records left and right they were actually mentioned on espn today on uh get up for about five seconds uh you know they, they covered hockey that's monumental for like 15 seconds and then it was followed up by will tom brady return to the nfl i'm not kidding that There's... is what that that is what it was followed up by uh will tom brady they return. used to be espn used to be pretty damn good at covering hockey too like they just they, they just mailed it. Well, in. they, well, they, yeah, no, they found out that they're the, the, uh, 
the audience isn't that much into hockey anymore. Doesn't pay the bills. But here, the thing though is that they have been covering the Bruins though for the last. Probably six weeks, maybe a little bit more, though, as they've been going on this. Because they know there's history in the making, and that's what yeah. they want. And to see it even on first take, and Ooh. Smith, mm-hmm. like, so oh. they are giving mm-hmm. the Bruins a little uh-huh. bit of. Um, they are giving the they're you know giving the Bruins a solid by getting them on there. But I agree, ESPN used to have good hockey content, but then when they had that exodus, where they just were letting go a ton of their uh, on-air talent. A lot of the hockey department went and they really just decided it was going to be a basketball, football first platform. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gonna, it's kind of like when I look at like with um with writing on our Substack, where it's like it's all Red Sox. It's like 92 percent Red Sox. And then everything else after that is just if whatever traffic we bring in for Bruins, Patriots and any other sport is like gravy. I think that's kind of what sports are now. Basketball and football just dominate. That's where the money's at. Um, and I don't really know if there'll ever be any way to change that. And I mean, shout out to the Bruins community on Twitter out there. I mean, I follow my, my whole timeline is just mostly Bruins community and obviously Red Sox and Patriots, but that freaking Bruins community out there. Good God. They are freaking relentless and it is fantastic. Uh, Bob beers fan club, uh, posted the whole, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but the, uh, storm surge, uh, imitation and, uh, he was getting roasted by Canes fans. And in the uh in the comments and just a fantastic just a fantastic time to see all the Canes fans pissed off after that. You know, just a fun time. So um next four games, boys. We're gonna uh, wrap this start to wrap this up here. Uh you got the Predators to uh today in this matter. Uh Columbus, uh Penguins and St. Louis. Penguins in St. Louis are on back to back. Uh and of course you got uh Columbus Blue Jackets, uh, you'll be able to watch after the Red Sox game on Nesson. Uh, opening day festivities start on Thursday. Uh, but and then uh, we get to visit Jordan Shittington on that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, on uh, we all get to go to church and then you get to go watch uh, Jordan Bennington and curse him out while we're at it. Uh, but that's besides the point. Uh, let's get some uh, prediction records for the weekend here. Uh, last week Kevin said two and two. Well, Jamie said three and one. Chris also said three and one. They went four and zero, so they were close. Uh, Jamie and Chris came the closest. Kevin, uh, the second closest. Um, so what's our uh, Kevin? We'll start with you. What's your prediction for this coming week? Ah, uh, screw it. We're going four and zero. Oh Jesus! I'm, I'm not. I'm, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> whatever. At this point, it's all guesses are out the window. Fuck it, boy. Why? Why not? Uh, Jamie. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling four now. Uh, oh, I'm gonna top it off with some goodwill hunting after they beat <laughs> uh, Matt Damon and um, Jordan Bigginton or Jordan Bigginton. I okay, so you know? I need, I need I'm not to let that go. I'm gonna keep that before going before we go before we go to Chris here. I need I need to mention this because the I I don't know who the Bruins social media graphics person is, but they did the whole uh, we left a Lamborghini in the garage after their win against Carolina and then uh um Carolina commented below and CC'd the New York Rangers because Trocheck is now on the Rangers and for anyone that can't remember uh I believe it was the Carolina Hurricanes that called uh um I can't remember how it went but it was uh basically we left Marshan in the garage 
uh, and uh, still won. But I want to see, this is what I want to see. Whoever, and if, if you're listening out there, anyone who's working for the Boston Bruins social media department, if you do not use a goodwill hunting, if Bennington's a net on Sunday and you do not use a goodwill hunting uh, graphic and or uh, slogan, I'm going to be very disappointed because that is your golden opportunity. And Jamie would be very happy. Oh, I'm already, I actually already have plans to, um, if they don't use it, I'm, I'm going to use it at like 10 a.m. or whatever. That morning gonna have, oh, fuck gonna yeah, happen. dude. Not even that. If they um, win, if they win and they gave up like five goals against Bennington, please, please just post that. Oh, I have posts. I have posts scheduled. Right. Um, I also have a kind of bold take. I'm feeling DeBrusque Patrick in this um spin. I'm feeling really bold, so I'm just going to put that out there and manifest okay. it. DeBrusque Caddy. Okay. I don't know. I don't know which game, but I feel a depressed caddy in that in that okay. stretch. Okay. What uh, uh Chris, what's your what's your record? You gonna go four and oh two? So I'm not. I'm not. Ooh. Yeah, I'm sorry. So I think they get the W against Predators. Um I think they're gonna get the W against the Blue Jackets, but the Penguins have played the Bruins pretty tough this season. Um, I'm actually gonna give the Penguins the W on Saturday. Ooh. And I know. You're not a fan of Jordan. I think that that Blues game is going to be a little bit tougher than we want to give them credit for. So I'm going to have the Bruins go two and two on this road trip only because they're going to play a tough Penguins team. And I don't think you're going to see a lot of the regulars on that back to back against St. Louis, which could open up the possibility of them taking the L before they have a few games off. We're going we're gonna to be, we're going to be, we're talking about Jordan Bennington and it's going to be their rookie backup goalie this whole time. That's going to be playing on Sunday. So I'm going to be, it's going to be a massive letdown for me as it is. Also, uh, New I, don't York, want, I don't want them to go two and two, but that's my prediction. I want them to go three. Well, and I hope one. you're completely wrong. I do. Um, so also, uh, so I said, New Jersey clinched, Bruins clinched. Uh, now we have Toronto clinching today. And also the idle New York Rangers have just clinched as well. So Rangers are now in the playoffs. Uh, the new look Rangers, as we call them, uh, we'll see how they end up doing come playoff time. They're starting to click a little bit more now. Uh, but any final thoughts, boys, uh, Kevin, I'll start with you. Any final thoughts? No. Um, you know, hopefully they get the record, but again, rest your guys. Don't, don't push this. And within uh, within after that four game stretch, they have a uh, four days off until that Thursday, so you you'll get a little rest in there as well, uh, plenty of practice. Which I might suspect Taylor Hall might come back after that uh, four day stretch of uh, days off, gives them a little more time to practice here and there. Jamie, any final words? I'm feeling historic this week. I feel like there could be some historic things happening this week, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna leave it. Yeah, that's all you're gonna say. You make, short, yeah, short you're gonna simple. make the you're gonna make the audience look look into what history they have to break. It's it's after a nine hour shift. You guys, they're gonna have to do the research. You know, I might tweet something tomorrow morning, but it's you're gonna have to research it. Uh Chris, any final thoughts? Yeah, Red Sox opening day on Thursday. Any any hockey final thoughts? <laughs> no, no, seriously, no. <laughs> it's played at Fenway Park. We're all watch opening day on Thursday. No, it is it is a big deal. Uh, obviously, uh, baseball season is here finally. Uh, we're three days away. Uh, Tanner Houck looked absolutely dog shit today, but that's besides the point. Um, 
well, 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 I'll save that for the baseball podcast uh, because I'm sure you guys have a lot of thoughts on that as mm-hmm. is. And I really quick, please, if you're listening to this podcast and if you do uh, listen to Red Sox content, head on over to the Obstructed View uh, podcast. We interviewed Hein Bloom last yes. week. Um, it's a 25 minute listen. There's a lot Good of for you guys, by the way. Yeah, Hein Bloom. I, I, I want. I still want to know how you rope that man. Great in. dude. Great dude. We have we have connections. We have ways. That's the that's the that's the best best words I love to hear. We yeah, have Hein connections. Bloom was, a, was a great was a great interview. A lot of uh, fresh questions. It was different. Yep. Versus the constant yep. status quo. Winter weekend. John Henry being yep. Xander Bogarts. Chill and laid back. Brian Frazier, like we talked about <laughs> that bloom. I really felt if, like if we had more time than the 25 minutes that we had with him, yeah. and so many other things that I wanted to ask. Um, there is so you, one thing though that so you, I do regret not asking. What's that? So I wanted to ask him the only real, what I wanted to basically, if I was to challenge him would be is why did he let the, so, for example, the players that they lost to the Rule 5 draft, why weren't they aggressive in maybe moving some of those players during the year to kind of shore up the bullpen when they could have gotten a yep. bullpen arm? A guy yep. like Thad Ward, who is now going to make the Nationals roster, he couldn't have netted you with another player, a relief pitcher that could have been better than Sawamura or Austin <laughs> Davis or any of the, uh, Familia, any one of those guys. <laughs> But I really do wish that I would have asked that question in general, like the Jeter Downs of the world, that you really couldn't have moved those players to get something or even like a, another younger player that you'd have to put in the 40 that you could have stashed down in the lower levels. Um, but I also didn't want to ask questions about players who weren't on the Red Sox anymore because of the tampering and everything else. Yeah. But we did get a lot of good content. How is it? Okay. How How is it at every reliever you just named got worse as we went along? You learn the names literally got like once you hit Familia, I just I was done. I was just hell. Once you hit Salmora, I was done, and that was the first name you mentioned. God. That was a very painful, painful look back in my past, dude. That that was PTSD at the next level for me, dude. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I need, guys, let's think about Bruins now. I need to think about Bruins before Thursday's game. I do. And shit, that was a whole. Kevin, Kevin, you've been quiet over there. Anything? Anything at all? No, no, I I. You know, I, I guess I guess I'm still young enough where I don't really know the pure tor- torture of the Bruins choking. But I had a conversation with my dad and my uncle um, yesterday during the game, and he brought up, you know, can the Bruins win the Stanley Cup? And, and they both initially were like, no, no. And, and I think it just comes back to we are so used to something going wrong. Yeah. And, and, and something yeah. – getting in the way that we just Game can't seven. do it. So I think no. I might have just missed that bubble. I, I don't <laughs> view the Bruins as a choking team, but I guess when you grow up a Bruins fan and you've been watching them for 50-plus years, 60-plus years, whatever it may be, that's kind of the impression you get from them. So it's interesting to see. Hopefully, hopefully the – my uncle and my dad were wrong. You know, I, I would love to be going to a Stanley Cup parade. And we will but, be doing a little bit of a deep dive next week into uh, how much pressure is on the Bruins uh, when they do win the uh, President's Cup trophy because 
that curse is out there. So we will, we'll do a deep dive into the pressure going to the playoffs because it is still a bloodbath of a East, regardless of how good the Bruins are, because it's still going to be a tough, tough way, tough way through to get to that Stanley Cup final. As always, uh, we will be back next uh, to, we will be back next Tuesday for that matter. Uh, and we will uh, be discussing everything from the last four games and start to wrap up the regular season because when we get back, there will literally be one week of games left, and that is it. And then we are off for the playoff push, finally, boys. The long-awaited moments, and we will be following that along every week up until hopefully a Stanley Cup final parade. But we digress, and we look too far ahead at this point. Got to take it one game at a time, uh, one series at a time. That being said, I'm Jeff Hoke. That's Chris Henrique. That's Kevin Padillos and Jamie Gatlin. And this has been a, another episode of Shorthand Takes a Boston Bruins podcast presented by Beyond the Monster. We'll see you all next week.